Hey, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. If you've never listened to us before, I'm talking about myself almost like I have a multiple personality, I guess. If you've never listened to the show, you never listened to me, you never checked out this podcast before, first of all, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And absolutely to my returning listeners, the people who have been supporting me long term, man, I really appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate you sharing it with someone you know. The whole point of this podcast is I put this together about... I guess nine or 10 months ago, whenever I first started my business, Good Advice, and what I had set out to do was to help people essentially grow and scale their businesses. And so what does that mean? Well, for the brand new entrepreneur, it's actually building something that is actually sustainable. It's something that can actually make you money in the long term. For people who've already created a successful business, a lot of those conversations come around the topic of management because whenever you're scaling a business, you probably realize at some point, you know what, I really can't do this by myself. So yeah, I have to get engaged with the very scary idea of management and I have to jump into this very challenging environment of leadership and you know, we've all had that really awful boss. So I don't know about you, but that's kind of the the metric for me is I just don't want to be that person. And the really great thing is that that I've people have realized that even with whatever their skill set is, whether they have a background in, in leadership, whether they have a very loud and boisterous personality, or even if they have a much meeker but more relational personality. Everyone is capable of great leadership. And so I put this podcast together to educate people and to help people understand that doing business well, it's it's really reliant on some very simple concepts. You know, we really like to make things way more challenging and way more difficult than they have to be. If you aren't familiar with the podcast, essentially way, the way that it works is there's usually around two episodes per week. There's one where I kind of just gab and talk about a different topic that I'm passionate about. And then ideally, almost every week, we'll have someone come on the show and tell a little bit about their story. And really, the, the whole point of those episodes is this is an authentic podcast for authentic people. And so if you've ever found yourself frustrated by like corporate America or like the titles that people hide behind or the way people try to make themselves feel very important... This is absolutely the podcast for you because what I've tried to do is bring on people who are very successful in their own right and to really just show my listeners that, yeah, we're all just pretty normal people. And and really the way that should encourage you is helping you understand that it's capable for you too. Seriously, it's doable for you as well. You know, I, I I think the Facebook ads, like the people who are like the marketing geniuses, they would they want you to think that you have to be this incredible guru to become successful in your business, to be a great boss, to make a lot of money for yourself. You do not have to be a guru to do that. You yourself are capable of really incredible, really great things. And that is the point of the podcast is to bring on people who they're authentic, they're normal, but they have found a niche that works for them. So we'll have someone coming on. Her name is Diana Wynn. She is phenomenal. You're going to love that episode. It, she's a comedian, but we get real fast. So I, I think you'll enjoy that episode. That'll be going live later this week. Make sure you check that out. And yeah, let's go ahead and just dive into what I want to talk about today. I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to get an episode out last week. I had a really busy week last week. 
Uh, personally, I, I really did not want to do this episode today just because just because I have a lot going on today as well. And I thought, I really got to get back to the pacing of what I'm used to. And as we all know, that's kind of what makes people successful is sticking to the routines that you know work for you. And so I'm going to try to practice what I preach and actually get an episode out today. And I wanted to talk about something that I have a few different topics, and it's always kind of funny whenever I choose the topic I want to talk about because I'm often in conversation with people about different business concepts. And so I'll be in a conversation with someone and I'll recognize that that person has a misconception about business. They have a misperception about how to do business successfully. And I'll be talking to them and I'll be thinking, oh my gosh, this is a really great podcast episode. But the thing that I fall into is, is they'll be like a listener themselves. And, and obviously a way I could, I could navigate this would just be like, hey, do you mind if I talk about this on the show? But sometimes they, I don't know them very well at all. And I don't even know if they really listen to the show at all. But I think about, okay, if they were to listen and me talk about, you know, hey, I talked to someone today about this topic, they would be like, oh my gosh, that's me. And so I'm always like, I, I have that in the back of my mind because I definitely don't want to embarrass anyone. But there are some concepts in business that are really appropriate for discussion in the sense of you can boil down the complexity of a lot of issues and understand that there's really some really simple solutions to problems that you're facing. So a really great example of this would, and I'll probably do a longer episode of this on this down the line. I was talking to someone who is trying to get fundraising for their business. And this is a conversation I have quite often. Well, in talking to this person, I realized they haven't actually sold any of their product. And so the way we strip down the complexity of that business is we recognize, hey, if you're going to get fundraising for your business, you first have to demonstrate to a potential investor that your business has value, right? Because people aren't just going to throw their money willy-nilly. They want to put it where they're actually going to get a return on investment. So what's the easiest way to demonstrate value? It's not by an impassioned speech. It's not by you know being very persuasive. It's by the numbers, plain and simple. And so if you want funding for your business, the simple answer is go create the value that you want funding for. And that's why you hear stories of people who bootstrap their business or they started as a side hustle because they're trying to actually, you know, get enough money to actually grow it out to something meaningful. And by the way, if you if you like these kinds of conversations, if you like stories and examples of businesses that I've talked to, if you are not on the newsletter yet, you got to get on the newsletter. The newsletter, it's a very fast and easy read. I send it out every Friday, and it's called the What Happened This Week newsletter. And this newsletter, essentially what I do is I take three conversations that I had that week with business owners, entrepreneurs, whoever, and I tell the story of the conversation with them, and then there's a nugget of wisdom that comes out of that. Very easy to read, very easy to understand. Sometimes I talk about the podcast on there. Uh, the example that I just gave of the, the business owner who wanted funding, I, I mentioned that person in my newsletter. And it's always it's always very brief, it's always very concise, but it's it's the whole point of the newsletter is, hey, here's a situation, here's how I told the person to solve it, and now here's how you can apply it to yourself in your own business, in your own life, what have you. Uh, so it's not spam, it's not like, hey, buy my new book, anything like that. It's just, hey, here's a few things to think about. So if you're not on that newsletter, you can get on that newsletter, go to www.goodadvicecoaching.com, and it's one of the links that are on there. I honestly cannot remember which one it is. So Having said that, let's go ahead and dive into what I want to talk about today. 
coming, and I don't know if I mentioned this actually in the newsletter, but I want to highlight a conversation I had last week with a person who is an HR director. And she said, here's, here's the issue that I'm running across. I have a team of people who, and, and this is going to be pretty much word for word, by the way. I'm not embellishing this at all. But she says, I have this team, a senior team, and morale is way down. They basically operate in a culture of distrust, blame, shame, and basically finger pointing. And so she's described this culture. She said it's, you know, obviously it's pretty miserable to work there. It's pretty toxic. Well, the kicker of the question is she says, what's a good team building activity that I could take them to to get them motivated again? And so I read this question and I kind of lean back in my chair and I'm like, lady, lady, come on. <laughs> I'm like, ma'am, really? Do you, do, you, do you hear yourself and what you're saying? And this is, a, this is a good example, by the way, of how, especially in the corporate world, how we often will try to solve symptoms in the short term because it's much cheaper. <laughs> it's much less expensive but we'll solve things in the short term because we plan on dealing with it later. But in the long term, it costs us, it costs our business. First of all, it costs us either long-term customers, it costs us long-term talent, and it certainly doesn't position us to be successful down the road. And so I'm talking with this lady and I get this conversation question a lot where people are looking for that perfect team building event. And, and, and for the record, I'm not against team building. In fact, at my old company, I would sell team building. We had our own ropes course. I have so many fond memories of having teams out there and going through the ropes course and, and seeing teams just develop new understandings of, of how they operate as a team. So a good example of this is, you know, you put them in front of like a challenge out on the ropes course and so one team, you know, you'll give them the instructions. One team will just throw the instructions aside and they'll just dive right in. And then you might have another team who they will just pour over the instructions and they'll talk over it and they will really analyze for 10 or 15 minutes before finally you're like, okay, dude, seriously, let's, let's get in this. Let's get, let's get going here. And it's fun because it's okay if you're going to be if you're going to be analyzing this so deeply it's, there's probably a greater a greater point there of helping you understand that the way you approach business might be slow. You guys might struggle to make decisions in the day to day because there's so much analysis paralysis happening. And on the flip side, the people from shoot, who shoot from the hip, it's hey, you might be making some costly decisions because if you would just slow down, if one person would put the, push the pause button and say, hey guys, is this the right decision? You'd probably be more profitable. You'd be making better decisions for your business long-term. So there's absolutely some really cool revelations that come from team building. I'm all about it. I love it. I've, I've enjoyed hosting team building events. Uh, I'll go ahead and just free advertising one in Northwest Arkansas that's pretty phenomenal. It's called Flipside Ninja. If you've ever watched uh, the TV show on Netflix, like American Ninja Warrior or whatever they're called now. So Flipside Ninja actually does events like that, but for like actually intact teams. And they would be my number one choice in terms of where to go to get a team building event done. They do a great job. 
They really understand hospitality. They're an amazing, an amazing organization. Uh, they did not pay me to say this, so that's why I call it free advertising. But uh, hey, if you if the owners are listening, I'll take a cut. Just send it my way. So not against team building. Love team building. In fact, I'm kind of I'm kind of just amazed as to how team building has developed into like these new things. Like ropes course isn't so much cool anymore. Now you have axe throwing. And I'm watching like videos of people who they have like the pint of beer in one hand and they have the axe in the other hand. And I'm just thinking, again, you know, because I advise business owners, I'm just trying to understand the liability of this. I'm like, how does this work? Beer and throwing axes. And I even saw a video, you might have seen this yourself, of a woman who I guess she threw it the wrong way and it bounced off the ground, bounced up to the target, and then bounced off that and sailed literally an inch above her head. She's laughing. She's like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And I'm thinking like, you almost died. <laughs> you know, how is there not, there must be pages of just, of uh, of what's it called, waivers that are signed whenever you go do this thing. So, you know, what? hey, whatever is your thing, you do that, that's great, I love it. But I want to talk about when team building is not the answer. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I've started writing this on LinkedIn, but I keep getting distracted. And so I need to finish this up. And at one at some point, you're going to see this on LinkedIn. But I'm working on an article on LinkedIn. And it's going to be a similar title. It's going to be something around when team building is not the answer. The, the trend that I will find in business owners is when there is a legitimate dysfunction on the team. And rather than solve the problem, they will then go do a team building event thinking that, that that's going to resolve it. But the problem is it doesn't fix the inherent issue. So here's a really great example of this. When I was a teacher in Houston, we, we really struggled and it wasn't because of the kids. We had a really challenging administrative team. Now, I was fortunate to have a pretty good experience with my direct supervisors but plenty of teachers, I think they would have described some of their bosses as like straight from the devil or <laughs> there were some very strong feelings spoken against them. Well, I remember there was quite a bit of toxicity. And one thing, one major pain point for me was I remember one year, maybe it was a semester where we started doing these printout booklets for the students. And essentially what it was, truancy was was kind of an issue. And so truancy is basically where students are absent. And so the idea was, okay, how do we help these kids catch up and be successful if they aren't even in the classroom? And someone had the idea of what if we had like these booklets that would be like all encompassing for the chapter and so if the kid's not there on Monday through Thursday, well, when the kid comes in on Friday, they take they grab the booklet off the shelf and they take it home with them. And it's like a packet of homework and explanations and worksheets and et cetera. And obviously the, you know, the major caveat here is that chances are no kid is ever going to do this, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure we wasted a lot of paper in this whole process, but someone has this idea and it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. Sure. Well, the major pain point that came with this, and I've talked on the culture conversation on how a major strike against culture is when people simply don't have the tools they need to do their job. The strike for us was our copy machine, which was always broken. This thing just would not work. There'd be toner errors. You know, there wasn't even any toner in there. It was broken. And you couldn't, you couldn't run it to print right there in the copy room. You had to send the print order from your computer, which was all the way back in your classroom. And so you're constantly walking back and forth. 
it's just really frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. And especially when you're printing like these 40 and 50 page packets, it just, it just doesn't work long term. So essentially, teachers are getting really toxic, not just about this packet thing, but just, just about the circumstances in general. Essentially, what happens is at some point, we have like this big lunch for all the teachers. I think maybe it was like National Teachers Appreciation Day. And we had fajitas, and I love fajitas. And so it's like a fajita bar. And so I'm, I'm putting these fajitas on my tacos, and the principal happens to be standing right next to me. And I say, hey, how's it going? I'm just making a small talk. And she goes... <laughs> She goes, you know, I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. It was really expensive. And I kind of go, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. She's like, yeah, it's pretty expensive. And then she says, she looks at me and she says, you know, hopefully this resolves the complaints that you guys have been having about working here and and she doesn't say it like caringly. She says it like almost condescendingly or like patronizing, you know, you know, I was better fix it now. And I remember kind of like, I remember at the time when she said this kind of laughing internally thinking like, well, you're going to need a lot. You're going to need to have a lot more fajita bars to fix that. I mean, that's, this is a nice token of, it's a nice gesture, but guess what? The copy machine's still broken. It still doesn't work. I still can't do my job. And that, I think therein lies the problem. It's, it's, the, it's the mistaken thinking that people have sometimes that instead of taking people on a team event, what's more important is solving the, the factors that are contributing to the dysfunction in the workplace. If your culture is toxic, generally what that means is that people don't feel valued there. They don't feel recognized. They don't feel appreciated. Or they don't have what they need to actually just do their job. I wrote an article on LinkedIn last week that talked about a woman who, a major company, a $6 billion company, and she couldn't get a $7 stapler because it wasn't in the budget. And she was toxic. Now, she wasn't toxic because she's a bad person. She was toxic because the system of her, the work environment, the, the, the budgetary constraints, which at some point was probably a really great idea. Hey, you know, I'm not anti-budgets, by the way. It's just... it's. How this all usually plays out is someone has a really great idea, and then when you actually start to scale it out for a major company, these flaws, when they don't get addressed, when there's not strong communication, they blow out into much deeper issues. And so for this person, the issue wasn't that she couldn't get a $7 stapler. It was, I must not be very important here if my boss won't even buy me a stapler. I must not, my work must not be that valuable if I can't even get the stuff that I need. And so what will happen is business owners will, on one hand, recognize that culture is so toxic that how could anyone work here long term? But then, on the other hand, will do something like team building to solve it instead of actually solving the problem. And, and I was thinking this through. I was like, why do people do that? I think, I think part of it is that people are just, they're just ignorant. It's like, it's like team building will fix it. And it's like, well, no, the copy machine's still busted. It's not going to fix it. And they don't realize the disconnect there. But I think on the other hand, it's like the person who says, and this is totally me, by the way. So I'll just go ahead and out myself as a hypocrite before I say it. It's the people who say, I want to get in shape and go to the gym, but then they never do. Why don't they go to the gym? Why don't I get off my rear and go to the gym? Because I don't really care. You know, I made the joke to someone. I was like, I'm embracing the dad bod. I'm, I'm full on in on in it 
and I'm embracing it. I'm okay with it. And so it, it I think people, when they say they want to resolve things or they want to fix things or they want to change things, you will know by your appetite of how much you want to change it based on what you actually do about it. Plenty of businesses, they want the results, but they don't want to pay the price for said results. And I think that's really what it boils down to is you have people who they want highly motivated rock star employees, but they don't want to pay the price for it. I was uh, I was a podcast guest on someone else's podcast earlier this week. Uh, you'll have to check out the episode. I, I, I think it's called The Corporate Middle, and it's by Donald Metter. And he's a guy who used to be a middle manager in corporate America, and now he's written a book. And man, I hate that I haven't, I don't have to have it off the top of my head. It's something, it's something, something insanity, a guide to making bad decisions. <laughs> and I love the title. I was like, oh my gosh, that is corporate America right there. But so I'm on this podcast and we were talking about businesses and how businesses don't really, they say they want it, but they don't really want it. And on there, I quoted a person that I had talked to last week who she said, hey, how can I get better employees without paying them more or having to spend any more of my time motivating them? And I thought, okay, see, this is not, this isn't possible. It's like putting the square peg in the circular hole. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's, it's, it'd be as silly as saying, hey, how can I get a six pack while drinking beer and sleeping until 11 and really eating cheeseburgers every day? It's, it, they those those statements don't go together it's not possible it's not doable there are things that you want in life the things that are most worthy of your time in terms of outputs in terms of results those are things that take the most effort they take work they take a challenging amount of energy and attention but they're worth it and the same thing is true about your team and about your business and about your employees. It doesn't just happen overnight. Contrary to what people on social media will tell you, it doesn't. You have to really work at it. You have to really struggle for it. And that often means paying people what they're worth and spending time on investing in them. You can't have your cake and eat it too in the sense of, I want to keep all of my money, time, attention, what have you, and have these really phenomenal people. You know, in some ways, for some businesses, a $7 stapler, that could go a long way in making someone feel valuable. And so it really might not be as expensive as you think it might be. But on the flip side, you know, because let's not go lowest cost here, maybe spending money and spending your time and energy on your people, maybe that's the best investment you can make. I've bragged about Stephanie Medford. I mean, she she owes me money at this point for how much I free advertising I've given her. You need to check out her episode. It's in the it's in the 30s. I can't remember which exact episode number it is, but Stephanie Medford, CEO and president of Ronald McDonald House Charities of Arcoma. She runs a nonprofit. A nonprofit. And she's giving several thousand dollars worth of bonuses to her people, including her part-time people. What can I say? She gets it. Don't take your people to another team building event if you're trying to solve actual dysfunction on your team. Go to the root. Solve the dysfunction. 
keep team buildings for like trust building, fun outings. Hey, let's go enjoy time together. Let's get to know each other better. Let's build that trust factor. All of that stuff is fine. It will not fix the copy machine. So what do you have to do is you have to actually fix it. You have to pay for a new one. You have to get it repaired. And you have to give people what they need to feel valued, to feel recognized, to feel like their work matters. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. You can also leave a review on the podcast. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn. Absolutely get on the newsletter. I want you to be receiving my newsletters and be reading some stories of what I'm talking about in business. For new listeners and veteran listeners alike, I really appreciate your support. Man, I am trying to change the world one person at a time. I know I say that kind of jokingly, but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, I I got big stuff I want to do. So I, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening, and I will catch you later. Look for the episode with Diana Wynn happening later this week. I think you're going to like that one too. I'll catch you later. See ya.